Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. To another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man you got to keep out of direct sunlight, Jacob. Pray, I am rare. Okay, kind of weird, but okay. All right. Well, I thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who just needs a vacation every once in a while. Welcome, Drew. Well, with COVID nineteen and all, it's kind of made things stressful at work. So, I- agreed. Agreed. We all could use a vacation unfortunately vacation from what vacation i've been i haven't stopped going to I, work I agree. We're, we're, we're both essential workers yeah we're very blessed in that way we're thankful we're yes. essential workers but at the same time i need to pay off yes amen to that i i just want to use my vacation hours or something yeah i bet you do before <laughs> please, they di- before please. they disappear yeah exactly please hire somebody please anyway uh how are you doing jacob Man, I am doing spectacular. Yesterday, I went help the friend out who's actually in the chat. Yes, uh, with a project. Spent five hours working on One Piece, but eventually that'll get around. That's pretty good considering One Piece is about uh, over a hundred, over a thousand episodes by now. Yeah, I hopefully it's not a thousand pieces. Yes, <laughs> because that would be very interesting. Sorry, you mean One Piece of the artwork, yes. not the yeah, anime one, one Piece. Piece? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes, that is what I have been doing. What have you been doing? Well, outside of getting my brand new computer yes. and getting that going and all the headache that was involved with that for one yeah. reason or another, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. I have, well, choir start, choir rehearsals have started back up for the Christmas show. So that's been fun getting back into rehearsing right. and annoying my coworkers with Christmas music three months before it's time. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, that, that's a thing. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think one thing I want to uh, kind of quasi-announce, uh, I'm starting to work on the YouTube channel I'm going to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's art. Be like it's, uh, drawing uh, drawing art, toys, and oils. That's okay. What we, that's what we do with this. I have a question. Yes. Is your essential first thing you need done yet? The thing we have to, the, the thing that for a certain reason we had to start doing it over here for our live stream. Oh, I'm going to work on that the first thing. <laughs> yeah, let's say, because you need the internet before you, yes, get anything, yes, I, before I you can it. do much else. Well, it's, it's always good to get the equipment first. And we like true, gathering true, for it. And true. Then, you know, get the, you know, the things we allow you to broadcast. Yes, like a computer and a uh, camera. Yeah. You'll need those. Although you've got a computer. I don't know how. I don't know how well it will work uh, for what pro- you're doing. I'm probably update you like more of a along those lines, but not as. Uh, yeah, don't spend the money I did. I'd spend a little bit of money for me for fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna go that far, but uh, probably gather a few, fr- you know, friends and family. Like, hey, help me build this thing. Yes, give me one for five hundred dollars. Duh. Yeah. And then just get you a cheap webcam like I've got. <laughs> uh 
might work with the webcam. I'm probably going to use, because um, a lot of people actually use their phone. Yeah. And uh, I'll probably go that route at first and then eventually get around to, you know, buying a nice camera for the setup and plus the, uh, the, um, uh, the camera ring, which you normally buy for. Yes, that I didn't pay the money for. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm literally using a Walmart lamp yes, <laughs> for our for works. our primary lighting source. It works. Be like, believe me. Be like, if otherwise, if we didn't have that lamp, it'd be kind of dark in here. Especially in this corner. Yes. There is the only light is the two bar lights, and those are not very bright bulbs. No. Be like, it's they're it's the, providing fill light right now. Yeah, it's it's the one downside of these apartments. Yes. Minus you can't have pets that over five hundred dollars and another. Anyway, way, I would love to have a great name, but you can't fit that dog in an apartment. <laughs> yeah, and I think that one is spe- not not that breed, but I think it's like over fifty pounds. I think is the rule. Yeah, yeah agreed. So that would definitely be out, yeah. considering that thing could sit on you and crush your legs. That is true. Anyway, uh, so what have you been watching? Besides, actually, we did not watch Captain Idiot this no, week. No, we didn't watch Captain we Idiot. We watched, what did we watch over there at Chase's? Um, oh, we started that movie, uh, The Lensman. Yeah, Lensman. Yeah, that's right. That was what, that was interesting. It's kind of like a, it's a bit of a Star Wars inspired. I won't say Star Wars knockoff, but yeah. there was parts like, oh, look, there's R2. No, wait, he just blew up. That's got to be the red one. <laughs> It's like, oh, look, that guy's going off to the academy. Oh, look, there's Tashi Station. I bet he goes there for power converters. <laughs> the, no, the ship just crashes into the city. Yeah, true. The, um, I would say it's very much an artistic because it's very yes. early CG. Very early there CG. is some early CG. There is, some, I mean, it's like, if you've ever seen the early Pixar shorts, yeah, that level CG. Agreed. Genesis Planet presentation from Star Trek 2 level CG. Yes. Amazing movie. Go watch it. Star Trek 2 is all is definitely an amazing movie. Yes. Uh, other than that. But anyway, what else have you watched? What else have I watched? Uh, I watched uh, Drew. I mean, Chase might have helped me out because I was some reason getting YouTube confused all the time. Uh, you get me and Chase confused? Apparently, because I always say Drew okay. Chase. <laughs> okay. Chase is the one who talks all the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm the fat guy. <laughs> Uh, no, but when when I was over there helping Chase, uh, he'd just be like, "Hey, you want to watch some random anime?" It's okay, sure. So he popped on one. It was, I believe, it was called uh, "His and Hers." Help me out, Chase. Begin. Uh, His and Hers High School something. I'm not for sure. Wait, was this uh, wasn't like the misfit of? Magic High or something like that. No, it had nothing to do with magic. <laughs> You're so funny, Chase. <laughs> and that's two podcasts. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but no, but I, honestly, I can't. Re- I can't recall the entire title. But basically, mm-hmm. it's this girl who is so vain, so vain of like she has to be popular. She has to be this and this and this. She has to be. Everyone has to admire her, endure her, and she wants all the attention. Psyche K. No, it's not Psyche K. Don't you mean she doesn't literally glow? No, she doesn't. Okay. But she she's put on this uh, 
persona that she does everything perfect, but you know, obviously, like in Psyche K. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> but then it turns it turns into this the the class rep who like is a guy who just like everybody loves and adores, and she hates him for that, and she wants to destroy his life, and it turns into like a romantic uh, romantic comedy. Uh, Chase says that it's his and her circumstances. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was interesting. The first episode was like, okay, this is funny. The second one gets more into the ro- more the romantic mm-hmm. like angles. And it's like, okay, total different, total shift, to, uh, tone shift, but okay. Interesting. All right. That, that is all I've watched basically. What well, I mean, we also both had to, or as they had, we also both watched Iron Man and Man of Steel for the Movie of the Week podcast. True. More on that when uh, those episodes come out. Agreed. Uh, I have also been watching uh, or going back through mm-hmm. My Hero Academia season one. Yes. I'm like two episodes from the end of season one. Really? In which then I will let you borrow it. Okay. While I wait for season two. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to get through seasons one and two before uh, we come back. Because if you remember on the dice, we do have uh, uh, My Hero Academia Two Heroes, which takes place between seasons two and three. So that's why I'm trying to aim for right there. Uh, Also, what else have I been watching? Really, that's about it. I mean, I've outside of what we... That's the crazy thing with doing two podcasts and everything. It's like you don't have much time to watch just for your own sake. No, <laughs> in a lot no, of cases. You're, you're I haven't even everything else. I haven't even watched the second episode of Star Trek Discovery yet. Ah. Which, considering we both have, I'm about to have both Star Trek Discovery and The Mandalorian on on there at the same oh, time. Yeah. I'm going to be in a little bit of sci-fi heaven over here. A little bit, and then a little bit of sci-fi heck online because people won't shut up that about s- stupid stupid things yeah but anyway hmm. awesome so what do we have in the news all right so news wise this is kind of a new thing for me uh looking through animationmagazine.com which is primarily where i get my news mm-hmm. um i couldn't really find anything really relevant like yeah, you had developments of car, you know TV shows going on, what have you, but no movies. So I found one, and it was so obscure I had to go look it up. It's called Dragon Keeper. I saw you post that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if you want more information about that, go to the Facebook page and go check it out. It's it's in pre production right now. Uh, it kind of looks like a kind of a knockoff of. Ray and the Last Dragon from mm-hmm. Disney. Uh, it's got an interesting premise. Uh, I'll let you guys go read that if you want. Um, but other than that, it's uh, news-wise, it's kind of slow. Unless you've got something. Not that I know of. Okay. So I guess we'll just go ahead and jump into the uh, spoiler-free section of our review of the quote-unquote live-action Scooby-Doo movie. Mm-hmm. I do remember watching this when it was in theaters. Yes. 
did not watch the sequel in theaters. And I can tell you right now, the movie, when I originally watched it, did not uh, thrill me. Okay. I wasn't a big fan of this movie when I left the theater. I had gone into it kind of expecting, you know, okay, cool. They're going to do a, a mystery movie mm-hmm. based on Scooby-Doo and it'd be live action. This could be good. Mm-hmm. And I had some issues with it coming out of it. So when the sequel was coming out, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go watch this one. Yeah. And then I just had not paid, watched it. I think I, I take it back. There was one time. We did watch, I did watch this movie again. Okay. Of all places, it was in health class in high school. Because it was the end of the semester and we pretty oh. much done everything. And you know, oh, yeah. health class is not exactly something that they really, by the end of the end of the semester, it's not, you know, there's not much to do no. anymore. No, it's, it's not. It's a requirement, but it's still, uh, so yeah, I remember watching it there, and I haven't watched it since then. Mm-hmm. And so I had virtually no expectation going into this movie, okay. other than remembering I didn't like the first my, the first couple of viewings I saw. Okay, this viewing hit me a little better. Okay, maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe I'm just more open to the goofiness of this one. Mm-hmm. Uh. And there is still some issues that we'll bring up later yeah, on. Agreed. But all in all, while I do not consider this the best Scooby-Doo movie by a large margin, no. I don't hate it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's not exactly a glowing praise, right. but yeah, it's a thing. Uh, my first experience, like like yourself, I watched it in theaters. I went with a... Uh, a um, how do I describe that relationship? Um, me and a lady friend, a lady friend of mine, uh, back from high school. Hi, Sherry. Uh, went and go saw it together. We both thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun mm-hmm. because I remember her just enjoying it, talking about it at the very end of the film, and uh, me enjoying it so much when the movie was released on DVD before Blu-ray. Um, we were both at Walmart at the exact same time. And I, I come out there and be like, "Hey, what? Be like, what are you looking for?" Be like, "Oh, I'm gonna buy Scooby Doo." It's like, "Great, let's go buy it." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I have very fond memories of. I wouldn't really call it a. It was a friends really getting to know each other, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, I I have very fond nostalgic memories of this film. I I um. It's one of those movies I go back to every year and watch. And there are some great performances in this film. Yeah. A lot of really good animation in some cases. Not so mm-hmm. much we'll get in there. others. Yeah, in others. But other than that, I just I, I, I love this movie. I love it. There's just um, like you said, nostalgia and the fact be like, this is where I got my Scooby Doo voice. All right. And uh, well, and this is also the movie that gives us Matthew Lillard, yes, who Shaggy. is the voice of Shaggy for a long period of time. Yes, and ironically, also are the voice of Scooby Doo that we had for a long period of time. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, other than that, I enjoyed this movie. I have 
fond, nostalgic feelings that I watch every year. And I, I can't get enough of this film. I enjoy it. And now, granted, I have to go in and do negatives on it, which there are negatives. But oh yes, there are negatives. Yeah. So yeah, my, my if you don't have anything, I will take care of it. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right. So yeah, that is the non-spoiler uh, free section. Non-spoiler free section. That that's right. That's the spoiler-free review. Spoiler the non-spoiler free. review. Anyway. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. I might leave that in. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, join us on the other side as we get into our full spoiler-filled review of the movie Scooby-Doo. Row, Reggie. Rubble Grumman. Row. All right, Scoob. Let's go. Ray, I gotta do something real quick. Hold on. Ray. Riff, riff, wrong. Okay. Risk progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Riff, 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 Central Rock, wrong. Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Retro Rewind Podcast. Join Francisco Ruiz, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers, and a special guest every week as they discuss movies and video games from 15 or more years ago, rating them either classic, nostalgic, or tragic. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Scooby-Doo. Listener discretion is advised. Scooby-Doo was directed by Raha Gosnell, who also did both the Smurfs live-action Smurfs movies and Home Alone 3. Explains a lot, doesn't it? It does. Uh, it was written by uh, Greg Titley, who also directed or also wrote uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. The Lightning Thief, and uh, he also wrote episodes of Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Marvel's Agents of Shield. Okay, it was also written by none other than James Gunn, exactly the writer of the both Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and the upcoming movie The Suicide Squad. And it was also based on the Scooby Doo characters created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbero way back in the sixties. The cast includes uh, playing Fred, Freddie Prince Jr. In Star Wars Rebels, he plays Kanan Jarrus. Uh, Daphne is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. She is, of course, Buffy Summers in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she also plays the seventh sister in Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. Shaggy was played by Matthew Lillard. And in uh, The Descendants, he played Brian Spear along with playing Shaggy a quite a number of times after this. Uh, Velma was played by uh, Linda Cardinelli. She was Laura Barton in Avengers Age of Ultron. You know, uh, yeah. Hawkeye's wife. Yeah. And she's also Wendy Corduroy in Gravity Falls. Mm. Scooby was played by Neil Fanning. He continued playing Scooby for quite a number of the movies. Yeah. And he played nothing, really nothing else. Bro. 
But at least he had a good career going there for a while. Uh-huh. Mondavarius was played by Rowan Atkinson, who is most famous for playing Mr. Bean. He's also Zazu in the original The Lion King. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Jane played uh, was played by Isla Fisher. She played a character named Tooth in Rise of the Guardians, which considering I have not seen the movie, I don't know if that's the Tooth Fairy or one of the Tooth Fairy's minions. Huh. I need We need to watch that one probably. No, which movie is that again? Uh, Rise of the Guardians. It's a DreamWorks oh. film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it's it. It's the one good. with... I haven't watched it, so I don't know who it's the character so of Tooth good. is. Yeah. But uh, I could be the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I wasn't sure. Also in the movie Rongo, she played Beans. Rango. Rango. R-A-N-G-O. Rango. The one with the, about the lizard played yeah. by uh, Johnny, Depp? Johnny Depp. Okay. I thought it was Ringo. No, it's Rango. R-A-N-G-O. Okay, Rango. Okay. Because it's supposed to be like Django. Yeah, but Rango. But it's Rango. Okay. Uh, the voodoo maestro was played by Miguel A. Nunez Jr. He was also played DJ in the Street Fighter movie. The original Street oh, Fighter yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Nugu Twana, which I'm fairly certain I just mispronounced, mm-hmm. was played by Stephen Grives. He was Dr. Moore in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And in Beastmaster, he played a character named King Zad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brad was played by Kristen Schmidt. And I'm, not, I'm still not sure. Anyway. Uh, he was also uh, Buddy Holly in Nightmares and Dreamscapes, a TNT miniseries based on Stephen King stories. Oh, it's going to come back up. That's why I'm bringing that okay, up. Okay. Uh, Old Man Smithers was played by Nicholas Hope. Yeah. He played Nigel in Random and Wacky. I have no idea what that is. Wow. Okay. Uh, also, uh, I just lost her name. Pamela Anderson. Oh yeah, she Pamela does. Anderson had a has a cameo at the beginning of the movie as the as Pamela Anderson. Yeah, and uh, she of course was uh, the original Tool Girl on Home Improvement, mm-hmm. and 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 she of course she was pretty much the reason people watched Baywatch. Yeah, and she she had the movie called. Uh, Barbed wire. Yes, which I heard was pretty bad. Uh, Scrappy Doo was played by Scott Ennis. And believe it or not, in Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, mm-hmm. he was Scooby Doo. Hold on. Who voiced him? Scott Ennis. Scott Ennis voiced Scrappy. Scoo- yes. And then in Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? He was Scooby. Yeah, and like a couple other Scooby-Doo movies, he was Scooby. Wow. <laughs> kind of a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, that's what I thought. Scrappy Rex, oh, his gosh. demon form, <laughs> was played by J.P. Manow. He played Congressman Clark in the television show Veep. Melvin Dew was played by Martin Broom. 
He was Ratman number three in Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Okay. And for our Kingdom Hearts connections, we have three. Okay. Frank Welker. Of course. Were, was Creatures in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was also uh, in Kingdom Hearts uh, 1 and 2. He played a boo. Uncredited. Yeah. Probably because it was all archive audio. Possibly. But then, of course, he was also Experiment 221 in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Mm. Jess Harnell, uh, you know, the voice of uh, Wacko Warner in Animaniacs. Yeah. He also played a bunch of the creatures in Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He was both Dr. Finkelstein and Locke in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and just did additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 3. And you remember our good buddy I just mentioned a minute ago, J.P. Manow, who played Scrappy Rex? Yeah. He was Randall Boggs in Kingdom Hearts 3. The villain of Monsters Incorporated. Oh, when he makes when he makes his reappearance in Kingdom Hearts three, he's voiced by J.P. Manow. Oh, okay. Also, he was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts two. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's a lot of good connections. Yes. So what do we got in info and stuff? All right, info and stuff. Let me get to that. Oh yes, and Josh Adams did remind me that. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller are married. Yes, they are. They still are married. Exactly. So, yeah, Fred actually married Daphne. Yeah, they did. It took forever for it to happen, but it happened. Yeah. Which is why they're great as villains in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, <laughs> or not as re- villains, as rivals. That true. Do you know where they actually met? I'm assuming on Buffy? No, not Buffy. I have no idea. I, I assume it's you, before this movie. Yeah, I know what you did last summer. They were both good because I don't remember what I did last summer. <laughs> the movie. Okay. Yes, the movie. I watched it. It's an interesting film because uh, I remember they met on that film on the, the, the shooting of the film. Okay. So that's cool. Info and stuff on that. <laughs> yes. All right. So on to info and stuff. So if you are a subscriber to uh hbo max uh you'll be able to watch this movie mm-hmm. and anything else scooby related pretty much right uh and it is 399 and all digital platforms like anywhere if you need to purchase it be like it's rent it at least mm-hmm. it's 399 all right so on imdb and apparently critics were not kind of this film at all no, no you think really no. never would have guessed <laughs> All right, so on IMDb, it has a 5.1 out of 10. It's malign. Well, at least it's above the halfway more part. That is point. true. Rotten Tomatoes was worse. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it had a 30% score for Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's not the worst score I've ever seen. No, I've seen worse. Uh, and its audience. I've seen worse for movies I liked. True, and a 38% for its audience score. That's still now, not bad. No, and for a new one I found, which I think I'm going to start using from now on, is from Letterbox. Ah, which is a uh, app for movie geeks like us or anybody mm-hmm. who likes movies. You can go on and you know be part of a bigger community of movie nerds who just want to hang out and discuss films. True, and we are both on there. Yes, for both podcasts. <laughs> yes, and and a- we have to be very careful because we. 
both of us want to post reviews on there. Yes. But we can't. No, At least till the movie in question comes out. Uh, yes. The episode is out. Yes. So, anyway. All right. So, on IMDb, it has a 2.5 out of 5. That's at least halfway. Roughly, yes. It is half. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it is right at half. It's right at half. It's just, it's just above it, just a little bit. And which I think this, you know, that's that's a very good balance for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, production was Mosaic Media, Inter- Mosaic Media Group, mm-hmm. Atlas Entertainment, mm-hmm. distributed by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. It was, its release date was June 14, 2002. The summer I graduated high school. I was a sophomore. Yeah. Which, that was a very fun summer for me. That was. That was, a that was the summer I had to go to work at Berkshire's. Oh, fun. No, it wasn't. <laughs> All right. So, throwing a little more different details in here. Uh, its country of origin was the United States and Australia. Okay. It was shot both in the United States and Australia. Uh, I'm guessing the uh, parts at the beginning was in the United States and Spooky Island was in Australia. Mostly. Mostly. Makes the most sense to me. So filming locations was Oxenford and Queensland, Australia. Uh, Box office wise, it had an estimated budget of $84 million. That's a fairly good budget. Yeah. Uh, its opening U.S. weekend was not bad. Um, $54.1 million on June 16th, 2002. It's it's gross for the United States domestically was $153.2 million. And its worldwide gross was $275.6 million. It definitely made its money back. That's Sounds why, like that's it. I got a sequel. Yes. Uh, so we're talking sequels. Uh, it, it got a sequel in 2004 as of Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed. Mm-hmm. A third movie was planned but canceled after the poor critic and financial results of the second film. Mm. In 2009 and 2010, uh, two television prequels were made. Uh, Scooby-Doo, The Mystery Begins, and Scooby-Doo, The Curse of the Lake Monster aired on the Cartoon Network, respectively. Um, a spin-off film called Daphne and Velma was released on May 22nd, 2018, and as of recently, the movie Scoob was released March 15th, 2002, and you can go back and watch that review. Uh, you, you can watch original reactions from back in april or may yeah and then four episodes behind this one is uh, when we did scoop yeah so that is all info and stuff all right let's get into the summary then the members of mystery inc solve the case of the luna ghost however longtime friction among fred jones a glory hog daphne blake who is fed up with being kidnapped at every mystery and velma dinkley who is never credited for our ideas Boils over and the gang breaks up, leaving Shaggy Rogers and his dog, Scooby Doo, heartbroken and caring for the gang's van, the Mystery Machine. Two years later, Shaggy and Scooby are invited to solve a mystery on Spooky Island, owned by Emil Mondavarius. At the airport, they are reunited with the rest of Mystery Inc. and learn that Fred has become a popular author. That's debatable. 
Uh, Velma works for NASA, and Daphne has undertaken martial arts to avoid kidnappers. Shaggy and Scooby unsuccessfully attempt to get Mystery Incorporated back together again, but the other three are still angry and refuse to work with each other. On the flight over, Shaggy falls in love with a girl named Mary Jane, who loves Scooby snacks like him, but is allergic to dogs. Upon arriving at the island, the gang meets Montevarius, who claims the visiting tourists have been brainwashed. Velma attends a ritualistic performance hosted by Nagu Twana and his henchman, Zarkos, a famous luchador. Nagu claims the island was once ruled by ancient demons that have been plotting their revenge ever since. They were displaced by the resort. After a misunderstanding with the local voodoo priest, Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby venture into the resort's ghost ride and meet Fred and Velma inside, where they split up to look for clues. Fred and Velma come across a school designed to educate inhuman creatures about human culture, and Daphne discovers a pyramid-shaped artifact known as the Daemon Ritus. The gang flees, but an army of demons attacks, kidnapping Fred, Velma, Mondavarius, and other tourists, while Scooby, Shaggy, Daphne, and Mary Jane escape. The next day, Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby learn that demons have possessed Fred, Velma, and the other tourists. Sarkos captures Daphne and steals the Daemon Ritus. Shaggy and Scooby encounter Mary Jane, but Scooby realizes she is possessed as well. Shaggy begins to argue, but is interrupted when Scooby falls through a hole into an underground chamber. While searching for him, Shaggy discovers a vat of protoplasm containing the souls of those possessed. He frees his friend's souls, but Daphne and Fred's souls end up in each other's bodies. Velma discovers that sunlight destroys the demons. Shaggy steals back the demon demon Ritus, which randomly switches his... Velma, Fred, and Daphne's souls until all end up in the correct bodies. They come across the voodoo priest who explains that the demons, led by Mondavarius, will rule the world for the next 10,000 years if a pure soul is offered as a sacrifice during the ritual. Shaggy realizes the pure soul is Scooby, who unwittingly accepts to be the sacrifice. Fred, Daphne, and Velma decide to put their Luna Ghost mystery fight behind them in order to help Shaggy save Scooby. The gang plot to trap the demon cult but it fails, and only Daphne escapes capture. Mondavarius steals Scooby's soul using the Daemon Ritus. Shaggy pushes Mondavarius, causing Scooby's soul to be released. As Fred and Velma confront the de- defeated Mondavarius, they, Shaggy, Scooby, and Ngu discover that he is a robot controlled by Scooby's estranged nephew, Scrappy-Doo, who was abandoned by the gang years ago after he urinated on Daphne. Using the absorbed souls of the tourists, Scrappy transforms into a monster and tries to kill the gang. Daphne is attacked and captured by Zarkos again, but defeats him by kicking him into the ritual chamber. This frees the possessed souls and the demons are exposed to a disco skull sunlight reflection and die. Shaggy rips the demon Ritus from Scrappy's body to free the rest and finds out that the real Mondavarius is being kept imprisoned in a small underground cell until they release him. The film ends as Scrappy, locked up in a small dog crate, Ingu and Zarkos, and all the evil minions are arrested, while the reunited gang promise to continue solving mysteries together. And of course, it does end with Scrappy saying, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling. Beep! Actually, the door just closes before he yeah, can yeah, beep, but still. It's very much implied. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very much implied. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my first like. And that is the fact that Scrappy-Doo is the villain. 
Here's the thing. You go into this expecting it just to be, I, let's face it, it's very obvious it's Mondavarius. Yeah. Or the person we think is Mondavarius from yeah. early, early on in this movie. But then the, the fact that it is a mask and it's actually the character every self-respecting human being hates. Uh, now, just, just, I, I, I am being mean. I hate Scrappy-Doo. Oh, yeah, I do, too. He is the most annoying character I think Hanna-Barbera ever made. I agree. But at the same time, I guarantee Because I like Scooby-Dum better than I like Scrappy-Doo. Oh, wow. That is true. Just, 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 for, just for more of the notice to be like, it's like, yes, there are a lot of people who hate Scrappy-Doo, but I guarantee there are some people who just absolutely love the character. But even if you love the character, I think the use of Scrappy-Doo being the villain is a bit of a stroke of genius because if you hate him, yay, you get to see him get locked up at the end. If you like him, well, you get to see him be successful for at least a couple minutes. Right. Even though he's turned into the one thing he hates. Right. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. I See, the thing is, I hate the character Scrappy-Doo. I've always hated him because he's a, an annoying little thing. I've always hated that catchphrase of his, puppy power. Puppy power! And they go into such a good job with this with explaining why Scrappy-Doo was not been around them anymore. Uh-huh. And uh, even throwing in the fact that they're from Coolsville, mm-hmm. which is like, that's great continuity. That's at least a great callback to pup named Scooby-Doo. Unlike Scoob. Yes. We go listen to that for our opinions on that. Yeah. But use the use of Scrappy-Doo as our villain, I think, is absolutely perfect. I agree. And they set it up so well. Oh, they yes. Set it up so well. Now, unfortunately, we say they set it up so well. Yeah. The fact is, we only get one scene about, what, nearly two-thirds of the way through the movie when they actually introduce the concept of Scrappy-Doo being in this movie. And the fact is, if you know anything... No, let me rephrase. If you have any suspicions about how movies are made, you kind of know that if they created a CG model character that it's not just going to be used for one joke scene. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. So the fact when he does show up near the climax of the movie in this flashback, it does kind of give away. He's the villain and you know, he's the villain before he shows up Uh or at least you have a good suspicion. He is. Yeah. I will admit when I first saw, I thought, okay, that's great. That's funny. That's why Scrappy Doo doesn't hang out with the team. That's great. Uh, okay, cool. And then, cause, and then about five minutes before when, when they're, when Fred is trying to do the electric slide to keep his cover from being blown, uh, around that time is when I remembered Scrappy Doo is in this movie. Scrappy Doo is going to somehow be the villain and he's going to somehow be in Mr. Bean. Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's how I think of Rowan yeah. Atkinson as Mr. Bean. Yeah. And much the same way other people might see uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker and only think of him as the Joker or uh, Wolverine. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, apparently like I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and only think of him in those 
ways. But uh, yeah, it's just I kind of knew it was coming, which is not a bad thing because the way it's the movie's flowing, you don't care that you know this is the guy. Yeah. The only bad part is, is it gives it, it doesn't follow the flow of a normal Scooby Doo mystery. But of course, by that point, we're not in a normal Scooby-Doo mystery. It's no, very no. obvious we're in another one of those, this time, the monsters are real episodes. Agreed. So, yeah. So, ever since you brought brought that up, that is actually my number three. So, I'm going to bring up my number three to follow your number one. Okay. Okay. So, this was a brilliant stroke of uh, writing. On James Gunn's part and uh, the other writer mm-hmm. of this film, just pure genius when it came to it, and they set it up so well. They give you these small little hints throughout the film that Montevarius isn't what he what he's proclaiming to be. True, and uh, the the one clue because I remember watching it is on me and Sherry are sitting there, uh, her arm wrapped around mine. Uh, so we're sitting there, and Montevarius says this little number. There's a little scratch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. And so I lean over and be like, did you see that? It's like, yeah. It's like, that's probably a good clue to our villain. That's probably, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, it's got to be, it'd be like, I just kept thinking it's that she said it'd be like, she said, it, I think remember correctly, it's, it's got to be scrappy. Mm-hmm. It's got to be scrappy because, like, that's a dog thing. What other Scooby Doo character would that be? So it's like, okay. Scooby Dumb. <laughs> I, I didn't think about Scooby Dumb, but I'm sorry. It's just that, obviously, the first thing is Scooby. But you just asked, who else would it be? Well, yeah. there was a third dog. Well, yeah, there was there was a lot of dogs actually. Yeah, and but mainly the next dogs. one that comes to mind is Scooby Dumb. Either way, just the uh, don't get mad at me. Get mad at Han- Hanna Barbera uh, for voicing the character that way. I'm just doing my impression of him. But oh my word, just how. They, they layer all these little clues throughout it. The fact that be like, you have Monteverius, how he behaves and like how he knows certain things about dogs, how he knows about Scooby-Doo so intimately. Mm-hmm. And then you, and can the whole gang together. for that matter. Yeah. And the whole game together. Be like, be like, why would he bring uh Mr. Ink to this little Island? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, they saw mysteries, but they're broken up. It's like okay. That, if you think, and, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, it's it's a good clue. I mean, like it said, very nice little clues, like a good mystery. And so, and then you get the the flashback to the the incident in the van, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like, oh, okay. And so at that point, we both look at each other. Scrappy, Scrappy's the villain, and sure enough, be like, Montverius gets knocked out. Oh, it's a mask. Nope, it's just Scrappy. <laughs> And well, I mean, was just, it was a mask. Well, it was a mask. Yes, just, a it was just mask. over a animatronic head. Animatronic head with a little puppy dog in it. Yeah, which is very the very good point they bring up. Why does Scrappy Doo never age? He's got a pituitary gland <laughs> issue. <laughs> yes. Uh but yeah. Just, well, I mean, for that matter, Scooby doesn't age either. No, he doesn't. But hey, but he's a cartoon. Yeah, he's a cartoon. But Shaggy doesn't age. Daphne doesn't age. Velma doesn't age. Fred. Fred doesn't age. More on my problems with Fred, though. If you've listened to Scooby, I bet you can guess. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I, I I love the uh, the mystery of who's the villain. But obviously, you, you'd be like if you're really paying attention to the film, you know who the villain is. 
But other than that, I, I love the mystery of who the villain is and mm-hmm. Scrappy Doo. So, oh, yes. What is your number? Dose. My number two uh, is going to have to be the fact that they actually tried to follow the cartoon logic yes. in many instances. Um, you get the fact that they all, with the, with the exception of the two-year gap, mm-hmm. uh, once they have a costume, they stay in that costume for the entire movie, even when it would make sense for them to have changed clothes. No, they're still wearing the same costume. Right. Uh, you get the fact that uh, many cartoon antics Agreed. make their way through this on Agreed. not just Scooby, who would be the one I would you would expect, but yeah. all all of the, the entire Scooby gang has instances where they do uh, little different things. My favorite is when Daphne takes uh at, you know, after right after they're getting ready for that Luna Ghost uh, yeah. complaint, and Daphne takes off Velma's glasses, and she immediately gets on the ground on all fours to look for them, much like she would in the, in the show. Yeah, it's a I stupid visual joke, but yes, yeah, like it's so good. It's like yeah, no, that's what would happen every time. The only thing we're not seeing is a uh, weird two frame dancing that the show was did all the time, also. Right. But I mean. Hey, we do get the electric slide. We do get the electric slide, but it's not. The dancing is more realistic when Agreed. it shows up in this movie. Uh, you do get a lot of great plot, uh, uh, silly cartoon things like, oh, Scooby, there's a big bag of hamburgers out in the forest. Oh, you just yes. got to go out there by yourself in the dark All where no one can see you. you. And that's what they say. Okay. It's like, okay, I'll do that. And he runs off and goes and goes, it's like. <laughs> Scooby, I know you're hungry, but I think you're a smarter dog than this. Are you sure? <laughs> well, I mean, hunger is hunger. I mean, for crying out loud, they do give him the realistic bark when he sees the cat. Yeah, that's true. When he's grandma. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that scene. So good. I do have a question, though, and this is not a dislike, uh, but why does Spooky Island have its own 747? That lands obviously somewhere, but not at the island. Because they get off a boat. Yeah, that's true. When they get to the island, but well, they were flying in a 747. Well, the, the where did the plane land for them to well, get on the ferry? Well, it's like Jurassic Park and uh, they had a helicopter pad that they landed on in Jurassic Park. True. This one, in one scene, you're on a plane, and in the next scene, you're on a boat. That is true. I guess I'm not I, saying they needed to show one for the other, but there's a logistical thought in my mind going, right. Where did the plane land and where did they get on the boat? And if that's the case, this is all crazy. And <laughs> how this yeah. is, I'm guessing that the spooky Island is in the Bahamas somewhere. Yeah. So maybe the plane, while it is chartered and owned by spooky Island amusement park, uh, maybe it landed at a local airport, and th- from there you got on the ferry. Yeah. But like I said, there's a reason it's not a dislike. It's just a weird question that crops in my mind. Yeah, when I think that, I think uh, Jurassic World, because our characters do get on a plane and they arrive at um, what Island it? Nueva. Yeah, Island Nueva. I think yeah. that's the name of it. Yeah, they they arrive by boat in the exact same like 
in the same manner, be like you get on a boat, you get on a plane, you get off that plane, you get on a boat and arrive on the island. Which is fine. I get that. It's just weird in the, the transition. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I didn't think of it when I was watching the movies. That's why it's not a negative. Right. It's something that just came to mind after the fact. Right. Yeah. I, I've always think of it in a way that it's like, okay, so going to Germany several, several years ago. Mm-hmm. The plane is a transformer. Okay, Josh. <laughs> I think of it this way. Okay, so you like if you're going to Germany, mm-hmm. so you take a flight from Dallas, you take it to Well, I mean we would. We would, obviously. You would take a flight to Germany and then get that take that flight to um Hanover. You take that to Hanover and then well, you would take then you would take a smaller plane, take an hour flight to uh, another town and then you take another bus ride I for get another this. hour. I get this. Yeah, it's be like everything's be like be like, yeah, it'd be great if there was an airship airstrip on on a spooky island, but it was just it, it, it the weirdness comes not in the fact that they're they were on a plane and then they were on a boat. Right. It's that they were on a plane that was its livery was specifically for Spooky Island. Yeah. And they apparently couldn't land any closer than the next island over. Yeah. So they had to get on a ferry to come over to this island. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. Right. It makes a certain amount of sense. Right. At the same time, and plus that makes it a good uh, closed room uh, closed room mystery, in essence. Mm-hmm. So I could live with this. It's just there's this part of me in my mind that goes, maybe... You didn't need the scenes on the plane. You could have had him meet Mary Jane elsewhere and run into the gang as they're getting off the boat, or maybe film the scenes of him meeting the gang in the boat, mm. or maybe at the dock to get on the boat. I don't know. It's just is the weird thing that crosses my mind. Like I said, not a dislike. Let's get back to likes. Right. My second like is uh i already just gave my second like was the cartoons yes cartoonists what is your second like okay so my second like would actually be my first like uh the performance and let me get to my notes all right would be uh matthew lillard and neil Far- uh fanning mm-hmm. fanning oh my the the fact that we like matthew lillard was almost born to be shaggy yeah the the fact that now be like he is the voice behind Shaggy on the cartoons and the movies mm-hmm. and all that minus Scoob Scoob, which you can well go- Neil's not Scooby and yeah. Scoob either, but then yeah. they were changing that role up long before that you know that true. movie came out. That is true, but the the fact be like, I think it was in one part of the trivia the fact that like Matthew literally would get his voice so hard hoarse. Be like to get the stre- the shaggy voice. Mm-hmm. He would rip his voice apart in order to get the voice of shaggy. Okay, then. And the fact that be like originally he was supposed to be he's supposed to be an actual stoner who smoked marijuana. Well, I mean, his girlfriend is named Mary Jane. That is true, and it, cool- and she does appear to have uh, the munchies. Yeah, that is true. That they, they do like uh, Scooby Snacks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently the uh, the screenwriter James Gunn, apparently on, I think it was like the 15th anniversary of this film, actually stated on a Twitter account on his Twitter account that 
the uh, there actually is a rated R version of this film. Why? <laughs> I don't know. What just, would? I don't want to know. Yeah, they must just be really explicit with the marijuana jokes. Yeah, apparently. And apparently there was a, there was a lot more. Um, they use a lot of CGI to c- cover up a few things. With a couple of those scenes, I can see this. Yeah. Especially when Fred is in Daphne's body. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, just his performance was amazing. And then you just simply get to uh, Neil, Fan- Neil Fanning's performance as Scooby. I loved it so much, but like that's like, that's where I got my Scooby boys was Ray because he did everything in ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, really? Right. Just it was so it was so perfect. I loved his performance as Scooby, mm-hmm. and it was just it was a breath of fresh air because I remember watching Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, that's an okay of a Scooby voice. But then I hear this is like this is Scooby. This is how Scooby should sound because he sounds more like the original Scooby, which is great when you consider that the voice of the Scooby and Scooby Doo is actually in this movie. It's just as a different character and higher pitched. That is true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I just mad props to these two uh, actor and voice actor. Well, technically, uh, Fanning is an actor, but yeah, he's primarily known for his voice of Scooby Doo. Pretty much, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed those performances. And I wish we got more of them. Be- besides, besides the animation, we got more live action movies of those two as their respect, uh, respected characters. Mm-hmm. That is my number one. So, what would be your number three? Three. This sounds like we're in a really weird order. We are. But uh, I like the very beginning of this movie when we are in the middle of a classic Scooby Doo climax. Yes. Because from the moment uh, we see Velma talking on the walkie, mm-hmm. actually, it's when it's we see Daphne's been captured by the ghost again, which mm, I have questions about that later. But anyway, uh, and Amelia's just because I've not watched a whole lot of classic Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, from the moment we see Daphne's caught by the Luna ghost. Until, uh, you know, we get the whole, uh, uh, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. And then Scooby's obvious laugh as the episode would have ended. Yeah. That from that point to that point, it's like, it's like this is the ending of a Scooby Doo movie, of a Scooby Doo episode. And it's perfect. It's done exactly. In fact, more of like a Scooby Doo movie since we do have a special guest. Yeah who showed up for this one and driving the mystery machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, lo- I love that line of Pamela says, uh, the mystery incorporated gang is a boon to anybody who want to any, to any celebrity who wishes to sell their own action figures. <laughs> like, yeah, that is about that strange. Yeah, exactly. But that's what was in those movies. Yeah, in the TV show. Yes, the, the TV, the, the, in the Scooby-Doo movies, you had to find a decent reason to get Don Knotts yeah. and Batman and Robin Yeah, in the same series as guests. <laughs> yes. Also, still doing also, it. Also randomly, six episodes with the Harlem Globetrotters. 
of course. I've never understood why that why they did six separate episodes with the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. But they did. Yeah. Uh, at least it seemed like it was six episodes. It might have just been two or three, but as it came on all the stinking time when, when we first right. got Cartoon Network. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Oddly, um, go ahead. Oddly enough, oddly enough, when I was a kid, I actually watched the Harlem Globetrotters play. Ah. Huh? Yeah. It was, oh my gosh, funnest game I've ever played, ever watched. So that was just a little bit of when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember right. watching it as a kid. But, I mean, it's the fact that we do get this classic style mystery. And, of course, it's Old Man Smithers. Yeah. And you're just waiting for it just to quote an episode that came out. So you're kind of expecting it to be a real estate uh, land grab. Yeah. Even though there are easier ways to do that. Uh, hopefully that episode will be out before this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go check out the uh, our Scooby Natural. Yeah, yeah. Scooby Natural that episode that should be coming out. Well, this should be coming out before this one comes out on uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah. That's just it's that's just how I I can't even finish my sentence. I like how we get that little bit of classic tie-in to, br- to get us started off yeah. before we decide let's mess everything up okay <laughs> both in good ways and bad ways but anyway okay your second life my, my second life it's so goofy or it's so silly goofy and sometimes bad it's good mm-hmm. the the fact of this movie it'd be like yeah it has so much silliness and goofiness uh i read one reviewer that said it was just be like, you know, get ready to turn your brain off kind of film. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, I do agree with it in a way. But at the exact same time, be like you're you're dealing with a an adaptation of a Scooby-Doo cartoon brought into the real world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you are going to have those silly pratfalls and silly jokes and just like odd, you know, odd things like that. But at the same time, that's what makes it work. Like the all the silliness and the goofiness and the the uh almost the dumb boundary of the film just makes it just cheesy goodness to me. I, mm-hmm. I love that about this film. And as most people know, I don't I'm not a huge comedy fan. I never have been. Uh but when when it comes down to when you get certain different elements within a film mm-hmm. and you have those goofy, silly elements with it, it makes it a good film. Now, if you're prim- if you're primarily basing it on the goofy, silly moments, and that's all you're doing, it to me, it's not a good film. But when you're implying it to other aspects or other elements within a film, it makes it good. And that's why I think Scooby Doo the movie is a really good movie. Okay, with all of its goofies and silliness and just stupidity in some ways, a really good film. Okay, so that's my number two. We're th- you're through number three. So let's get into our dislikes. Yes. My first dislike. This is going to be the big one. Okay. My dislike is the fact of how. How do I explain this in a way that makes sense? Okay. This is a stupid movie. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And here's the thing. I love stupid movies as much as the next guy. I, I enjoy Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks. So anytime. I, my brain starts to 
go, this is such a stupid movie. I wish they wouldn't do this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I start getting two little robots in the back of my head, making fun of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, this movie is, there is a lot of thought put into this. Yes. Do not get me wrong. But there's also a lot of, we're now going to do this, make this because this is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a stupid joke that you don't normally get to making kids movies, but because it's PG, what, PG-13? Mm-hmm. Or is it PG? Yeah, PG-13. PG-13. We're going to have this little other real joke in there because we know adults are watching this too. And uh, yes, it's got, it, it is as much as I like the fact that it, this feels kind of like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, mm-hmm. the story is lacking. There, the okay. mystery is ruined halfway through the movie and unlike scoob where you quickly realize the mystery is not the important part of the story in this one the mystery is still important yeah i I would agree with you on that because they it's not that they made the mystery too easy to figure out right it's they pretty much tell you as soon as uh the villain comes on screen that he's the villain and they yeah. this happens twice yeah because it happens when Mondavaria shows up because you're looking at him going you're the villain and then it happens again during the flashback scene with scrappy doo and you're going scrappy doo's the villain and they give this away they it's it's Agreed. not it's not subtle yeah. i like a little subtlety in my movies because i want to be able to look at that and go is that what i think it is is that what I think it is? Or usually how it usually goes, oh, this is going to be good. And the people around me are going, is, what, what's going to be good? Oh, that's what's going to be good. Because I'm one of the, I'm the weirdo who cackles about five minutes in, in a movie before he's supposed to, because I recognize what's about to happen. So frozen. Kind of. Yeah. But here's the thing. This movie, I don't do that. Because an hour ago, I figured out what was going to happen. And then, compounding this, and really, I'm going to say, I'm going to, this is just a preview of my number two dislike. Okay. Jokes aren't funny. Okay. But we'll get to that when I get to my number two dislike. So, what is your number one dislike? Okay. So, to, you know, bounce off your, not sure if your, uh, your, your dislike, your versus like, the the fact be like all what you said is correct. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what makes it cheesy. It makes it cheesy, funny, but I'm not saying it's not cheesy. I'm right. just saying the cheese has mold on it. I, I agree, but I, <laughs> and, and I if agree. the che- and if the cheese has mold on it, then I do, would prefer not to eat it. Okay, okay. I I, I, to- I totally get you. Totally get you. All right. So my number one dislike. The CG in this movie did not hold up well. I would agree with you on the dogs, the dog creatures. Yeah, the dog creatures. That's what I'm Scooby to. and oh, yeah. Scrappy, with the exception of Scrappy Rex, yeah. they do at least, they at least kind of settle into that art style mm-hmm. so you forgive it sort of thing. Yeah. The, the, Dog creatures and Scrappy Rex yeah, exactly. look so. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like they. Well, that's the thing is they don't have fur. Yeah. And that's 
part of the issue, which is crazy when you consider this movie was 2002. Yeah. Which was near the same year I think Monsters Incorporated came out. Mm -hmm. So they were doing so much good with hair, and I guess they did a good hair with here, but it's strange how the hair seems to cover up any problems with the models. Yeah. So which is the problem here, is because both the models are bad. Yeah. I, anyway. would, I agree with you on that. The the fact would be like they did they did such an amazing job with Scooby and Sh Scooby and Scrabby. Be like they're the design wise, mm -hmm. creative uh uh how motion wise everything about how these characters designed it looks like they focus so much on those they kind of let all the other cg characters kind of lack yeah not just that but the uh effect for the protoplasm heads oh that was it's, terrible. it's bad it, it's, was, it was bad i mean it's some of the there is some cg to it yeah especially the first time we see velma's head uh, in the protoplasm but there's it's almost like they layered that on top of filming of the actors heads mm -hmm. and it does not hold up no, no it doesn't it does not but anyway yeah so that, that's my that's one of my problems is that you have some of the cg does it still holds up very well mm -hmm. others not so much and it's it's so glaringly a problem that it's it's an eyesore Okay. All right. So, what is your number dos? Well, as I said a minute ago, the jokes are not funny. Okay, I agree with you. A lot of the jokes are not funny, and I don't just mean they didn't land. Yeah, I'm saying they landed pretty well. It's just you get a whole scene of fart jokes. No, and don't get me wrong, fart jokes can be funny. Agree. But here they come like. They are just obnoxious in your face. You can tell it's there to make the kids laugh. Oh, yeah. Which, that's funny and all, but it's like, the thing is, the movie, as I said earlier, the movie lacks subtlety Yeah. in droves. Mm -hmm. And because it lacks subtlety, the, the, the comedic moments, such as the fart joke scene, the fact that the uh, Shaggy's love interest, his name is Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah she's not a redhead named Mary Jane Watson, though. If they'd have gone that way, I could have maybe kept it with the Scooby Doo. But no, this is very obvious. It's a marijuana joke. Yeah. Plus, I have never liked the the joke that everyone claims that the gang, or at least uh, Shaggy, is a uh, stoner, is a marijuana head. Mm. I'm not saying that he's not based on characters who are like that, but I've met people who are as sober as me and you are, yeah. who are that goofy, <laughs> and. So it's like, you don't have to make the th joke that he's just some guy who's had too much marijuana. Uh, you could just play it straight like everything else has. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, he smokes marijuana. Let's make the joke. Let's make the girlfriend he falls in love with. Her. Let's make her name Mary Jane. And she's got munchies. And they have, and he's got munchies. And they both like dog food, essentially. Don't get me wrong. I understand the part, the, the fact that Shaggy eats Scooby snacks much like Scooby does. I actually, that's a joke you keep because that's been right. there from the beginning and it works. Why do you have to have the girl version of Shaggy be named Mary Jane? Yeah. It doesn't work. Plus, you see the twist that she's been possessed early, yeah, early I'm on. I'm not convinced she wasn't possessed before they got, he met her on the plane. Yeah. 
if we're being honest, because I don't. She was out there it's with way them. Too much setup. It's way too much setup. Um, and those jokes aren't funny. The joke, like we said earlier, about Scooby going out into the thing to get a bag of hamburgers. I mean, that's funny, but at the same time, it's like when you pair it with everything else, yeah, it's just too much. And then you get my slight preview into my in problem number three because see, it's the problem with a movie they, that's they, they it's like they t- all the dislikes tie into each other. You get Fred. Now I'm going to talk more about my dislikes with Fred. Okay. But I, like I said earlier, I, if you listen to Scoob, I bet you can guess what they are. But the scene where Fred and Daphne and Velma, for that matter, and uh, Shaggy, their their souls are in each other's bodies. Don't get me wrong. The acting is great it in is. those scenes. Yes. But you've got the character of Fred being trying to think of a nice pg way of saying this hmm. ladies man is too nice of term okay he's a little too he, he's a self-absorbed throughout this entire just movie a bit. Just a bit. but and the point when he's in daphne's body and he re and he gets that line i could look at myself naked and it's like no <laughs> out of respect for Daphne, no. Yeah, I, I, and I this is coming from a guy who liked the movie Your Name, where this was a running gag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I, I hate this joke. I hate the idea of uh, him acting this way in Daphne's body. I think he acts this way in Velma's body too. Uh, I just because by then she's been kind of sexified after being possessed by the dog demon yeah um it's just i look at it and i go that was unnecessary agreed and even in a comedy in a comedy your humor needs to tie in to your story now there are some where the humor is the story so that's why it's a, a series of skits and then there's somewhere there is a story that the humor is helps. Yeah. But this is the this is that third type that never should exist. And that's where this there's a story and there's humor and they happen to coexist in the same movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't like. Okay. Because then the humor distracts from the story. Okay. Anyway, that's my second dislike with a preview of my third dislike. And when I get to talk about Fred here in a moment, yeah. what's your the second dislike? Uh, there's a lot of weak acting in this film. Like a, Ooh, lot, a yeah. lot of weak acting in this film. Uh, I, I mean, know. you. I know you're about to explain it, but you could explain it as this is kind of how it was in the show. I agree. But the show has an excuse of being 30 minutes long. That is true. And you're expanding, and, out and you only out. have six characters who who have any any sort of repetition. Yeah. So yeah. Like you have some bad acting. You have the fact that you have the band Sugar Ray show up in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Who I like, don't even know. Oh wow. <laughs> That's why I didn't mention them in there. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I remember yeah. seeing the word Sugar Ray on like six different people. Yeah. It's like I don't even know what that is. I'm not even going to look at it. Yeah. Sugar <laughs> Ray was a band back in the early 2000s. Which apparently, like, yeah, they they had some they had some some hits, but they really didn't last that long. 
they're in this film. Uh, thankfully, they don't do a lot of acting, which is thankful. Yeah. Because most most uh, artists are not actors. Uh, but other than that, you have a lot of really the just like apart from your main cast, apart from your main cast, I think Freddie Prince Jr. was probably probably the weakest out of all of them. Like, yes. Like acting wise. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've seen him in a lot more other stuff that he's a lot more diverse. Oh, yes. I I would not use this movie as a guide as to how good an actor Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, is. No, 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 no. But it's like he was probably the weakest of the main cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have all the other supporting casts. Be like, it's okay. You'd be like, you hired all these really good actors and actresses, but you you be like you almost like skip lunch. Be like you you skip breakfast halfway through lunch to get like some very not very good side actors, uh, like uh, like the voodoo guy. Voodoo guy. Yeah. I loved his performance. He's barely in the movie. He's barely in the movie, but he's actually rememberable. Yeah, like everybody else is like. All they're all there is just shell puppets that just like walk around and be like mm-hmm. say something that has no depth or emotion behind it. I mean, once they get possessed, it makes sense. Yeah, but but the part where we're still learning about what's going on, and you have these people who are not possessed, they're just yeah. party teenagers, and they're the people who work there. Right. It's like, uh, yeah. The one, the one, um, one that brings out is the. Uh, almost the love interest for uh Daphne. For, yes, yeah, for Daphne. That was, I was like, ow, okay, dude. I understand. Probably, I don't know if this was his first role or not. He did okay, but it was still kind of just like a lot of the acting movie is not very well done. Let's yeah. just say that. So, what is your number three? And lay it on me. Oh, I'll lay it on you. You just mentioned a second ago the Freddie Prince Jr.'s acting as Fred is pitiful. But I'm not going to blame that on Freddie Prince Jr. Right. I'm blaming this on the writers, which I, I agree. I, which means I do have to assume that at least some of this issue is with James Gunn, <laughs> despite the fact I I like him as a writer, especially with Guardians and such. Okay. But he has the same problem most writers have, or that they have. The writers have the same problem here that most writers have with the character of Fred. And that's the fact that in the original show, he was the straight man with the plant. Yeah. That's all he was. He's yeah. the leader of the group. He there's he's very he's kind of a flat character from his inception because he needs yeah. to be. He's yeah. the, the foundation of the group. Sure, he's popular to some degree, but he's just also the leader of the group. He has the fact that he his character is so plain is really how he why he fits into the group the way he does but ever since then they've tried to characterize fred to give him more make him more interesting is what it comes down to uh the one only one i've ever been happy with is scooby-doo on zombie island where he's the cameraman he's the tech guy he's uh he knows how to get out there he's charismatic enough he can go out and talk to people Mm But uh, he's also, you know, it explains why he's a little bit awkward and a little bit flat because he's focused on about five other things like any tech person would yeah. be. Been there. And then in Scoob, yes, they make him in love with the van for no good reason. 
but at least he's still got a lot of that. You, then you get to here, where the character Fred is got an ego, mm-hmm. and he's very up on himself. We see that he's a little bit of a perv, and a uh, he's about as dense. I would say he's stupider than Shaggy is. Oh, okay. No, let's not say stupider. That's not really the case, because none of the characters really are stupid. Yeah. He's denser than Shaggy is. Oh, okay. Shaggy, yes, Shaggy is... Agreed. Uh, he, he, Shaggy is dense because he's got one goal, and that is food. let's eat food, let's hang out with Scooby, and let's all run away from the ghosts, who are obviously not real. Right. Until they are real. Yeah. Fred... His goal, as far as I can see, is to be Fred and to be in everyone's face and to be the most popular guy in the room, be the life of the party, and not be aware of what anyone else thinks of him, mm-hmm. which is not the Fred you see anywhere else. Okay. And the fact is, while other characters are, I think, are still a little bit off of what I would consider their classic. Mm-hmm characters such as the fact that i don't remember i know daphne got caught a lot yeah but i never saw her as the damsel in distress like that's all she does is get caught yeah and they act i know but that's the thing it nothing needs to be a character caricature Mm -hmm. in this movie because it's not a caricature in the in the in the shows right these are their characters you play them straight they didn't play them straight. They made jokes yeah. out of who they are. Yeah. That's great for some people, I suppose. Yeah. But to me, if you have something as ridiculous that you're going to do in live action as Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. which let's face it, much like uh, the 1960s Batman mm-hmm. is ridiculous Agreed. that you are now trying to put in a three-dimensional live action environment that you're going to have actors actually try and act like this. Yeah. The way you do it, much like the Batman show does, is you play it straight. You act like what's happening is not strange. It's not funny. It's not that wink at the camera. Oh, isn't this funny? Yeah. Shaggy has a girlfriend named Mary Jane. <laughs> you don't play that. That's, I, I, I agree that's just the easiest that. way I can pull. That joke you can probably leave, but uh, you don't get this Freddy because he wears an ascot and has got blonde hair and is a bit preppy is obviously going to be as dense as a sack of hammers and only concerned with himself. Uh, Velma is going to be the nerd mm-hmm. who knows everything and is annoyed that nobody contribute. No one uh, believes in her contributions. Yeah. Daphne is the princess who's got to be saved. Yeah. And Shaggy's a stoner essentially yeah and scooby's the only character they actually give anything about and because they actually do scooby right in this movie where he says relatively little in comparison to everybody else yeah. you don't get much character out of him outside of the acting of the character model yeah because they focus so much on the character and fred is the worst version of this which is why i point him out specifically it makes the movie shallower than it needs to be. Okay. I'm not, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I don't go into a Scooby-Doo thing expecting something along the lines of, uh, 
Academy Award winning thought piece. I'm not expecting a Christopher Nolan film okay. out of this. I am expecting something, say, along the lines of Adventures of Tintin. Okay. We don't so, get it anywhere near this. Agreed. And like I said, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is still my favorite out of the mystery Scooby-Doo movies. I have to say it that way because Scoob's its own thing. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts. That's my third dislike. What is your third dislike? Okay, so I'm going to go with your third a little bit. Um, the 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 way you uh, the way you describe Fred, mm-hmm. the the fact that he is uh, very about self. He's very uh, his auto his bio is the book he's written yeah. is Fred on Fred. Yeah, which is a- that he reads on the plane. Yeah. That's, he's a bit narcissistic. That's the problem. Fred is not supposed to be narcissistic. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go with the fence on that. On the, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I mean, this is this is all opinion anyway. Okay. So, so the the idea is what I'm one of the CERN from this film is the fact to be like mystery has been around for a very long time. Yes, and so the fact that Fred has become so self-exhort because be like they've gotten so much attention they are getting celebrities mm-hmm. and the fact that you have uh fred has now uh become consumed with all the fame and celebrity mm-hmm. that he's become self-exhort he's become a bit I, of a prat i don't think this movie is as dense as it's is as deep as you're making it sound well i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm trying to give a defense to it i know i know it's just i, I I, I I get the feeling that outside of the growing disagreement between Fred, Fred, Daphne, and Velma, that these are who these characters have been in this universe yeah. since they met. I would I would say, but that's just my that's, that's just yeah. how it appears yeah, to me. I, yeah, I would see that in a way. It's just like the fact that Fred be like he's gotten too much. He's um. His head has gotten too big for his shoulders, mm-hmm. and now he he thinks he's you know all this and all this that be like when we first meet him be like he's all like like everything he's like himself in the mirror and all all this all this jazz right that's who he is yeah that's that's who he is but that's who he's become that's who he's become so uh, the, 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 the way I see it when we started when like before the movie and before all all this transpired he was more like the Fred before. I think you're giving the movie too much credit. I, I might be. I might be. <laughs> because the way this reads to me, I mean, the flashback scene with Scrappy, yeah. when we meet Scrappy, they are essentially the same characters. In a way. They, they did not change their acting performance to make them seem like we're just a bunch of kids driving a van, having fun, solving mysteries, yeah. and we've got, these do- we've got this dog that's going to pee on the girl. Yeah. Which is also a joke. It's funny, but it's like completely unnecessary and not subtle and i like yeah. and i like subtlety yeah but but, the, but at the same time you have the fact to be like fred's fred does that that redemption at the very end of the film he where, does but it's where he does give Dap, daphne the the credit this credit is due to where he no longer focuses on himself but he's giving the team the credit they need he does I, I, i'll grant you so he, he does, does but it's but at the same time, these characters had almost no character growth. So that's almost, yes, he does it. And I'll agree with you that it's, he does redeem himself in that way, but I don't know. It's, 
it seems like, well, I should do this because that's what I'm expected to do kind of thing. It's just, I don't think they give the character enough. They they still just didn't do this character justice the way I think the character should be done. Oh, okay. Is what it comes down I, to. I I'm giving I'm giving my examples as to why he's not doing the character right. justice. And like I said, I do not blame Freddie Prince Jr. on this. I blame it on the writers. Agree, agreed. But uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like uh, Anakin Skywalker and Hayden Christensen from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And how he was directed by George yeah. Lucas to act and written by and George Lucas. Written by George Lucas. So that's why you have that. So I said, and George I, I, Lucas needed somebody to say, you know, you might want to tweak that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he maybe, needed. Maybe just a little bit, but I, I do see that. I do see the fact to be like this character, the way Freddie Prince Jr. portrayed the character is the way the character is written, mm-hmm. and um, he did a good job acting. That's not like yeah, I said, the he, acting he was not the issue. Yeah, it's they wrote a version of Fred that is, it's not a version of Fred I like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the way I see it, the way I see the the way they've written for it. Now, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Okay. The the way I see it is I'm the I'm afraid we're going in circles here. We are. We are. Yeah, so I think we agree to disagree with this. Yeah, we're going to agree to disagree. Yeah, with those in either way. Uh so that was your number 3. Yes, okay. what is your so number, my three? number 3? My number 3. Okay. Um Oh wow! I didn't. I really didn't think about number three. <laughs> I didn't. Honestly, I didn't. Well, uh, in, in your defense, mine flowed. Yes, yours <laughs> from flowed. one to another. It, it did. You be like you really thought out everything else. And well, I, I, if, I, I, I applaud you for that. It was really good. You're just let's just be honest. I'm not rating this movie very high. I, I can imagine. But there, there again, be like we can agree to disagree on this. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's that's the wonderful thing about you know it's all opinions, people. Exactly, it's all opinions. And uh, yeah, I really don't have a third. We are not the presidential candidates. At the end of this movie, uh, we will still be happy with each other. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a review. Yes, it's all all in good fun. Yeah, exactly. Either way, so I don't really don't have a third. Be like maybe if I had a little more time and you know watch the movie more. And really deep dived into it, I probably could pick out something, but right now, don't. Okay. All right. So let's get into our ratings for this movie. I'm giving it a four and a half. Ooh! <laughs> Burns! I, there are things I like about the movie, which is why it's not rated any lower. Wow. Okay. But this is, <laughs> this is not. A movie that I particular I, I enjoy parts of it, right. but for the most part, this is the kind of movie I I really would like to see a riff tracks of. Okay, because I, I can see there's a lot of this to make fun of, right? And the, I'm sure kids, can, some ki- some kids can like this movie, but for me personally, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, this okay. is. This is so we are way we're I, way I, out here on this one. <laughs> what the question in my mind is is when we eventually get around to Monsters Unleashed, how much will I hate that movie? <laughs> so yeah, I'm giving this four point five because literally it's a I can call it a movie. I can say it's does some things well, but for the most part, this is not the kind of thing I want to rewatch. <laughs> okay, so this is gonna be interesting. Why? What are you about to give it a nine? <laughs> no, 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 no
give it eight. Okay. Well, the simple fact be I have such nostalgia. Well, that's fair. It's, nostalgia it's such, is a emotional is a, attachment to this yes. film. Uh, I I enjoy it for all its flaws. Be like like I said before, be like it's so silly and goofy mm-hmm. and sometimes dumber than a brick. Be like that it's good. So to to me, Scooby Doo is not the perfect film. It's not. Be like it has its flaws. It has mm-hmm. its. Be like I, I like the idea. Like you have care. You know, to me, I see character development and a lot of characters and what have you. Now, granted, it's the it's the the goggles on me. You're. I personally think you're reading a lot into the movie. I, I do, but I, you know I, what? I probably am. Here's the thing about nostalgia, because I'm guilty of nostalgic likes. Also, I mean, oh, yeah. crying out loud, I watch Power Rangers. <laughs> True, but uh, the thing with nostalgia is, is she, in terms of enjoyment, yes, you cannot discount the presence of nostalgia. Agreed. Nostalgia can gloss over a lot of garbage. Yeah. And and you and you can you can find all those those little nuggets yes. that are found in in the but garbage. The problem with the, with nostalgia is when you don't have it, and a movie is almost dependent upon it. Yeah, like this one can right. be. Right. Uh, that's when you just see every single little piece of uh, filth. Filth. Yeah. Every. You see more rough than you see diamond. I got you. That's really that's all I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So it's it's also in, inverted with us. It's more be like you see the roughs. I see, I'd be like I see the diamond. You mm-hmm. see more of the roughs. Yes, because I have no nostalgia. Scoob of the classic cartoons, mm-hmm. Scooby Doo is the one I probably have the least nostalgia for. Okay. Of the ones I watched regularly. I understand. Not because I didn't like Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's just because at, at that age I was not a big mystery person, and Scooby Doo was everywhere, and everyone liked Scooby Doo, and I was like, "Can we watch something besides Scooby Doo, please?" Okay, so yeah. Anyway, anyway, that brings us to the end of another episode, which also brings us to the end of Halloween month. Yes, next month. It's Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki month. Yes. And we're starting with Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, next next week. Yes, that's the movie. Uh, this is, ironically, a movie about a witch. Yeah. On a break. So it's a nice uh, transition. Yes, it is. Unlike where we just went from Scoob and ended with Scooby. Do. Yeah. Um, for October, even though we did not really plan it that way. It no, just was nice and worked out that way. Uh, so yeah, join us next time for Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, also, this coming month, we'll be also be doing in, in uh, Only Yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, Porco Rosso, and Ocean Waves ah, is our four movies for November. So uh, uh, a lot of those films I have not seen. Then you should be able to get your hundred movie list going. Bam! So there you go. Uh, so yeah, join us next time for Kiki, and uh, we'll see you then. All right. Happy Halloween. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. 
on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.